This podcast brought to you by Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. You can listen at mixcloud.com slash daddy jams. Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. Welcome to TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Well, listen, a, a backup quarterback is huge in the National Football League because, you know, like you said at the beginning, John, injuries, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're imminent. It's going to happen. Okay, on the injury front, Donovan has a groin injury. We'll get an MRI on that. He did that in pregame warm-ups. Uh, Denzel has a hamstring injury. We'll also get an MRI on that uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, that's a great team win. Uh, I'm really proud of the guys for fighting like crazy to get to this game. Uh, guys that were pushing through those injuries. Uh, it was just incredible to see what they, you know, these Thursday night games, what they put their body through. And I'm, I'm really proud of them. And then just the game itself, uh, playing complimentary football and whatever it took uh, in, in any of that game. And Whatever it took, offensively, defensively, special teams, I thought the guys really played complimentary ball. Felt great, man. Just knowing that everybody believed in me. Just, just coming out here, and just sitting the win for the team. That that means a lot of most, you know. Just coming out here, and just fighting hard just to get this victory. It means a lot, man. Slow grind. You know, you gotta trust the process. No matter what you're doing, you know, you just gotta believe in yourself. Trust what God, you know, doing for you. Just, you know, means a lot. Oh yeah, TBF, a Browns fans podcast, dudes. I you know, in, anybody's listening knows that what happened, man. You didn't do one after the the debacle, right? Yeah, uh, the debacle. Yeah, the debacle. Yeah, that game. The, oh, I thought it was a great game. I like. No, I'm not talking about the Thursday game. I'm talking about the previous Sunday. Oh, that was the debacle. The debacle. The debacle. We didn't do a debacle. So this is a this is a two game split here, guys. We got to talk about the debacle before we can talk about the debacle. <laughs> or whatever, whatever you call that. It was they was in a pickle and they got out of it. Did somebody yeah. say the earnest? That, that hey, man, that young man looks like a running back. I'd like to have on my I, team. I oh, will shit, he's on that. my team. Yeah, I will say about him, interesting enough. Yeah. Even he, I don't want to say because Hunt and Chubb are so good together. Oh, yeah. Oh, that uh, that dynamic they make. But I would dare to say, like him, and it's not saying I want this either. I Mm -hmm. want both of them back and are to have our core back. Okay. But. The Hernest plus Chubb would be an interesting thing too, because he's he's quicker. 
He is, but I just love Kareem Hunt's violent style of inside running because right. he gets hey, through. Man, let's, suffice it to say, we're deep at back. Well, yes, we are. Or let running let back, me just say, say this, and because we're not going to. We're not going to, we're going to, we got to flip backward and talk about the bad stuff first, but just on to Ernest Johnson, let me just say that what you are seeing on the field with people like the Ernest Johnson is the skill being employed by a man named Andrew Barry in terms of populating this team with good bodies up and down the roster. Mm -hmm. Okay. Exactly. Even, even now, despite what Paul may have ever told you about Case Keenum. Okay. He appears to be functional in the offense that Kevin Stefanski is calling, which is, you know, in essence, the same offense that was being called in Minnesota the year that Case Keenum had his best year. Stepped in, started the year as the third string quarterback behind, if you will. And here's the ironies of the NFL. Teddy Bridgewater, the starting quarterback who, you know, got injured. And then, right, then right. who came in? Who was second string ahead of Case Keenum? It was... By the way, former Browns, Sam Bradford, one of the oh, string wow. of 22. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then he went down. And so come week three, Case Keenum comes in and leads them all the way to the NFC championship game, if one remembers. Correct. I remember that. So like this, is, this, this was that Case Keenum we saw. I'll say that. It ain't the other Case Keenum I've saw every other place he's been okay <laughs> so in you know, that regard uh, it sounds like a good signing to me doesn't it i mean yeah. aren't you happy i mean it worked out on the team the right now worked out one I mean, game not my only thing going forward with that and then we like you said we can get off this because this is we've got right. another game before this but um they just gotta find the teams can win this way our defense is good enough to, but they got to find a. it was the Broncos and they got to find a way to score points. Like it was, oh, we went on yeah. a little bit of a drought there with, we weren't like, you know what I mean? But yeah, well, this, this much is true, but, uh, okay, go ahead and let's take the bitter pill to swallow boys. And we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but anybody that had hopes that the old college rivalry of, of the old backup coming to extract some form of revenge or one upsmanship on his old mm -hmm. college mate was going to go our way. Had another thing coming because hey. Kyler Murray and the freaking Arizona Cardinals look appear to be for real. Don't they? Yeah, they do. They look good. Yeah, unfortunately, I will say this I, to start all of this off with that game. Okay. I do not want to blame the refs for this game because I do feel like sucked. after watching it, after watching it, we would have lost even with, proper calls. Yeah, but it but doesn't matter. Sucked. Every game we've been in this year, it seems like somebody's got, you know, the Browns are paying a heavy debt for having a good roster or something. I don't know what the fuck. Right. The, the shit is the, 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 the call. across the league is horrible. Well, I was well, about yeah, to. but the Browns are taking the brunt in the games they're in. It's always slanted, it feels like. Right. Right. Yeah. What I'm going to say to it is this. I'm going to say to it is this. We've literally lost the game here off of calls. Okay. I'm going to say that. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's how I feel about it. And around the league, there they've been awful. There are calls being missed around the league that just didn't used to get missed. Goal line touchdowns. When's the last time you saw a miss on a goal line stretch touchdown? 
Right. Yeah, it's kind of, it seems like it'd be kind of hard to mess that up. Some of the pass interference calls that are being missed are like, the hell has happened? Well, how about the it's- holding? Did you guys hear what Miles oh. Garrett had to say? Let, let, let me let me play this, guys, because it's, oh, yes, it's actually did. pretty good. It's actually pretty good. We're going to just go. I think it's the first question out the box for Miles, but let's see. Um, and let me know if you can't hear this, and this starts now. So, Jarvis, when did you know you'd be able to play? Um, like right before the game. No, I'm sorry. It what starts with play? Jarvis. Jarvis knew he was going to play right before the game. Okay. Kind of the same situation. Come on. Where's the Miles question? 10 days. Okay. Miles, did you know you are second now all time in Browns sack history past Michael Dean Perry tonight? I did. I'm going for uh, uh, Matthews in a little bit. So. No, you just took down Michael Dean Perry in all time Browns sacks. What's it going to take for you to get a holding penalty call? Here it is. Take off some glasses or get some new ones. Man, it's tough. I mean, I've, I have a lot of respect for the, the offensive line and bowls. You know, we batted a couple of times. And, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with, you know, what he's doing because, you know, if they're, if they're not going to call it, then he, he's, there's no reason for him to change his game. And he's got to keep on, you know, doing what he's doing to, to keep uh, pass rushers like myself. And I know Vaughn in practice and other guys you go against from get to the passer. I mean, if you're going by the book, you no, know, it's, it's holding. But, you know, the refs are kind of That's right, the Miles. Shack treatment you tell right him. Now. They're giving him the shack treatment. You hear that? Well, and here's the other thing the that I want to. Yeah, that's what he's getting. And look, if you look at his pace right now, his pace is he's played 50 games and he has 50.5 sacks. There is no other. Even the guys who have the sack records, 200 sacks, Reggie White doesn't have that pace. Right. Okay. Right. If he's to continue on like this, he is the best defense alignment ever. Okay. Well, I need to see this defense starting performing around this fucking prototype of a fucking lineman because if he was played, I, I just always have felt this way about Cleveland team sometimes. This guy's on anybody else's line, right? They find in a way to free him up. Okay. Right. Exactly. And, and, and he's successful beyond all fucking get out. Okay, now, I'm gonna, and the I whole defense throw, is thriving because of it. Because of it, right. I want to throw one more thing. I, I have been to a live game and seen Julius Peppers in prime on the Panthers, okay? Okay. And it was ridiculous, okay? It was against the Falcons, and, like, at the end of the game, we saw him get two sacks to basically close, wrap that game up, okay, on the last drive, okay? It was ridiculous. That is what Miles Garrett is right now, okay? Now, you just imagine me as a fan, though, in that game, and he's doing that, and on those sacks, I see him getting held like... Yeah. Every, not exciting. Every freaking play. Okay, you yeah. know, it, it, it's, it's so blatant, it's just ridiculous, guys. It's oh, just, it's just, oh, it's just horrible. Oh, oh. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. It's so bad. Have I started recording? Boy, I hope I, I hit that record button. Yeah, I did. Okay. Wouldn't you be pissed off if I said we had to start over? Yes, I would. Yeah, but you, yeah, listen. Yeah, but, I could say but what I not, just said again because but you're I'm, not paid talent, so we don't care what you think. There you go. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't get how the NFL thinks this is exciting. Is No, wait. I think the, listen. You do know that the referees, just like the players, are unionized and negotiate contracts with the NFL, right? 
Right. I'm not going right. to say the NFL is pleased with what's going on in terms of officiating. I'm okay, saying that they've <laughs> built themselves something that they now have to go to committee meetings and everything during the offseason to alleviate. Remember, they got the coaches committee who comes up with, look, Kevin Stefanski himself was part of the committee to come up with the offensive pass interference point of interest. And what's the other one taunting? Yeah, they came up with that on their own. Um, I think the offensive pass interference, they've like, they're ignoring the point of interest in most cases, it appears to be. <laughs> okay. Right. So no. I have a question. Baker no, I- came out and said oh. something about the officiating and got fined, even said something before it. Will he Miles, can't. the way he said it, get fined? For no, what he, he won't about? get. Okay. The way Miles is saying it is different. Okay. He's not attacking it. He's saying, eh, it's there. I respect them, though. I don't think he's going to get fined. Okay, he's right. not jumping on on he what didn't the say the officials giving. suck. They don't know how to call the game. He said, "Look, I don't know. I mean, it's there." And he said, "I'm we not saying say anything do. bad about the way the offensive lineman plays because he's going to do what they let him do, and he's going right. to do everything he can do to stop. And if they're going to let him do that." Now, but if you go by the book, it's holding. And if the league finds him for saying that, they need to just throw out the book because what? I can't read the book. I can't read words that he say was a asked thing. the question. Yeah, right. He was asked the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I so I can't understand now, what now, the book now says. Let's put the context different. When Baker said what he said before he said it, he said, and then go ahead and send the fine now. He knew he was going to get fined. Okay. He wasn't trying to choose and pick his words. Miles chose and pick his words. Fine. My other yeah. question is, was Baker, Baker asked the question? Care. He said, fuck it. <laughs> was Baker, well, my other yeah, question Baker is, was asked a question. Yeah, he was definitely okay. asked a question, but his answer, he considered was what he filter. was going to say. See? And he paused. He paused because he knew he had no filter on and said, they can go ahead and send the fine now. Okay. Right. It's a difference when you're doing it with no filter and not get Miles Garrett basically did it with a filter to say, hey, are they going to let him do it? Because uh, it's true. If you were playing the sport and getting paid the money you are, if they're going to let you get away with it, you can be like, yeah, well, well when, Hackershack, when Hackershack was the motif and the only way you could defend a young, you know, imagine you remember Prime Shack, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. exactly. Hackershack, right. was well, the only, Hackershack was the only defense there was. Right. Perfect example. Well, and it's and looking back, as as people have said before, people give knocks on Shaq. Well, he, if he learned how to do this, well, what if they just called right on him? You know yeah, what I mean? Imagine if it, he just imagine if Shaq would have got oh just seventy percent of the actual fouls that were committed on him called. Yeah, he did put up like sixty and seventy points. Yeah. Shaq could have sat there and put up 70 points if, if right. they were, we're assuming he's fouls make foul shots, though. We're assuming he's going to make those foul shots. Yeah, but you, you're going to you foul everybody out that can guard him, though. Yeah. I you mean, foul everybody out who can guard the man anyway, who won't need to make anyway, foul let's shots. Get, let's get back to this. Let's get back to this because that yeah. really wasn't a side. We were, we were starting to talk about the way the fucking Cardinals kicked our well, ass all over right. the fucking and well, field. Just back to, back to Miles just one more time, okay? okay. I just think my, the whole point I was trying to make earlier without being interrupted is that he's on a pace that's unprecedented, right? Uh-huh. And I feel like right now, He's on a pace that's unprecedented, and they're they're trying to find whatever way to 
filter that pace. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if it wasn't, it's, you would blow the fuck up. Okay. Cause he would be back there that much. Mm-hmm. He's already has the, what he is right now. What he has the most hurries in the league. Yeah. Like, being held. Yeah. 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 Just imagine it's uh, imagine what those numbers look like. If they're just calling the game. Just, now, my just, problem with it is this, this is my only problem with it. Now, when the Baltimore had a defense that good, right? Mm-hmm. The league let him do it. And then Dilford goes to the Super Bowl not making mistakes. Okay? Right. You can't have a team that has a defense that good and sit here and say, well, we're going to do things to filter it because you're so good. Well, no. But, but I, that's got, our strength, I got a they, little bit of argument there. That's our strength. The problem is now, and, and some of this due to injury, but, but absolutely the problem of the Browns, the other core components of the defense are not living up to the line okay and the line no, is I awesome agree with that the line is awesome but without a linebacking core that can that can catch the squirts you know cat you know because every gap's not going to be filled every time especially if you got guys going around ends okay so you know that's where an option run you know a delayed a delay can get you through a gap that comes up because the guy he's breaking wide to get your quarterback. Okay. And it's, you know, it's really interesting because the Browns remember they tried that fucking delay option at the end of the fucking game when it was 39 and they'd have been able to run the clock and they got that first down and it just wasn't the time to do that. Nobody's going to fall for that trick at that time in that context, that down in distance. But so, so was that analytics? <laughs> no, no, I don't think it was analytics. I think it was bad call, bad time. I think Kevin Stefanski yeah, learned a lesson. Too. I think, I think, I think if you want to know about presence of mind to Kevin Stefanski, and again, jumping ahead of where we're actually at, but if you look at the very start of that game, now come on, every every other game this year, if the Browns won the toss, they've deferred. Am I correct? Yeah. All right. Correct. I'm expecting the I I heard the Browns won the toss and 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 they deferred and I was I was actually going to be disappointed because I said man you know right now you just want to do something quick get some points on the board and get some momentum and guess what and they've chosen to receive and they did exactly that they gave you the Ernest Johnson they featured him in that first drive okay right. and, um, and yeah, he the got only, the lion's the share. He got the lion's share of his 146 on that drive. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. The only other person that got did well was, uh, what's the tight end's name? 81. Uh, uh whatever. Yeah. He, he got yeah, a bad. Yeah, hey, Hooper? wait a minute. That was 34 yards, man. Yeah. Dude. Okay. That was 34 yards. Dearness Johnson was the thing on that drive. If you saw anything else, you just saw it. ain't like you ain't never seen that guy, get, guy catch that kind of pass before. And if you were amazed that Case Keenum could make the throw, okay, I'll give you that. But still timely, though. I enjoyed it. It was timely, but it was Dearness Johnson. You don't have a touchdown on that drive. You don't even get to where you can attempt to score the touchdown without Dearness Johnson. Okay, and and by the way, by the way, let's not let's not mistake Dearness Johnson for who he is not. Okay, that offensive line is a beast. Yes. Yes. And they're they're out there doing their jobs. And and listen, 
you know, the guy, the only guy really maybe on the whole fucking team that has really been through any of the bad times with this team. It's Joel uh, Batonio. Joel Batonio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he is playing beast ball at the right guard. I was surprised at you the got left that guard. one false start. I wasn't. Shit happens all the time, man. Listen. If they would ignore false starts the way they ignore offensive pass interference, being point of interest and all, we'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but on that false start, I did see Joe Batonio point at somebody, and it almost looked like that guy did something that kind of like made the jump happen, but it didn't look like the uh, refs were going to go into that. But I did see him point, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, didn't they, did the guy make a noise or something? Because he... It seemed very timely, you know what I mean? They moved nearly at the same time. Obviously, that can happen because of the jump, and he's watching was, him. But If I was a defensive guy trying to get the offensive line to jump off sides, I'd carry a gecko in my pocket, and I'd just let him out. Yeah. You funny. May, <laughs> may I bring up a point of interest about the Arizona Cardinals game that Kevin Stefanski learned from? Uh, if, if you noticed, they were not running the ball in the first half almost exclusively, and especially in the first drive, they came out passing. Well, okay, let me, let me oh, just... Hold on, hold on, let me make my point. Okay. Let, come out passing, fine, but put a back, put a running back back there okay. so they don't know you're passing. But here's the point. It ain't like they didn't try to fucking run in the first quarter of that game. Okay, Kareem Hunt was getting stuffed. Okay? Stuffed. Okay, the guy had 14 carries, okay, most of them in the first half, okay, because remember, he went out of the game injured, okay, he only ran for 66 yards, a 4.7 average, which has to be some kind of a low for him, the entire team only ran for 73 yards at 3.8, and it wasn't because they wasn't trying to run, the fucking Cardinals were stuffing it. And that's the team. They were 26th against the run. How well, were they, they doing that? They weren't. Okay. One, Jedrick Wills didn't play. Okay. Nick Chubb didn't play. Dearness Johnson was not active in that game. Okay. Was Conklin in? No. Rushing. No, they're there's missing only, both tackles, right? Listen, there's only four people carried the ball for the Browns in that game. We got so far behind so quick. That Kevin Stefanski was listen, and I'm not, I'm not giving him points for this, but remember now, Kevin Stefanski had gotten to rely some on his passing game. All right, so mm-hmm. so he's behind, and he knows he needs to get back on the board. Now let's give Baker Mayfield credit for what he did do that day before he got hurt and really right. couldn't do much of shit else. Right. He was 19 for 28 for 234 yards, two touchdowns, along of 57. He completed a 57-yard pass, okay? Uh, He threw a pick, but he still had a quarterback rating of 102.4 as a result of his numbers, okay? Exactly. Tase Keenum played some cleanup ball at the end um, and didn't clean up very well. He's one for three, six yards. Um, and you had no reason to believe, based on Case Keenum's little stint there, that you was going to see anything that felt like, okay, if you were a Browns fan going into Thursday night and you felt like you were going to win, it was only because you had faith in a coach 
and a guy that built a roster and that they have been looking at the subject of depth and the ability to execute Brown's offense, even without the starters. You know, one thing I've noticed about Case is he doesn't have the arm Baker has to go downfield. His well, passes he, are, yeah. Of course he doesn't. Dude, if Baker Mayfield didn't have an elite arm, what would he be? He would be a backup quarterback on somebody's roster. Right. He's okay, back, too small Baker's feature is away his with arm. Any of that. Baker's feature mm-hmm. is his arm. When a guy of that stature rises to the level of being an NFL quarterback, especially if he's not known for his running ability, and Baker Mayfield is not known for his running ability. He can move around a little bit. He gets you first down on his feet every once in a while. But he's not right. known for his running ability. You're never going to see Baker Mayfield with 100 yards a game like you've seen some quarterbacks, okay? Well, and now in the past, we've seen Baker for large amounts of runs, but that we've, was like okay. You've never seen Baker Mayfield with 100 yards rushing in a game, okay? And you're not going to. And it, it, for Baker's own own well-being be thankful because he couldn't hold up to that that's not what he does okay it's not why he was number one pick he was not known in oklahoma for his ability to rush the ball okay his ability was the ability Uh to deliver the ball through the air to the selected receiver for a successful play okay Mm. now you can question whether that's the only ability a quarterback needs in this league to be what we call elite Okay. No, I will. I, I'm going to make some comments. Well, he's okay. definitely well, not. Well, wait, just let me finish. Let me finish the okay. thought. You Go can question it. whether or not that encompasses what in today's league would be to define an elite quarterback, because it appears that the elite quarterback and that arm and even the accuracy on that arm is something that you can now find in multiples together with the ability to be a part, if you will, of the running game. And yeah, and that, and there you have it. And again, if Baker Mayfield has to qualify under those standards, guys, he's never going to be anything better than average because he doesn't bring anything better than average running ability to the table. But right. go ahead, Jeff. So we're going back on to the game because I didn't make any comments here to that. Um, the, the debacle, the, deb- you know, the debacle. Um. I don't think Stefanski did a bad job calling the game entirely. Not entirely. His play he, calling he, was questionable. His he yeah. went for fourth a lot. Well, he, I, I, but, I hope um, to see. I hope to see the Browns trend down in that, at least because that's edgy. That's edgy, confident Kevin Stefanski. Now I don't mind that. I like right. that about him. I actually like that. Yeah. But I think he's just been overdoing it a little bit because if you think about the number of times they've gone for it on fourth 15. in in the in, but I'm talking about in the red zone. Listen. In the red zone when you could have got a chip shot field goal for 3 points. Yep. But instead, he called a passing play and Baker Mayfield was sacked. That's not 15, but it's a high number for that particular scenario to have repeated as many times as it had and either the execution of those plays hasn't been practiced, practiced and overpracticed until they get it right or stop doing it. Right, right, because the the success rate isn't up enough to warrant it. No, it's like zero. They they have not, okay, any time they have been in fourth down in the red zone and they've gone for it and they called a passing play, 
Baker Mayfield has been sacked. They haven't succeeded at it not one fucking time. Okay? Wow. Right. Now, now, before I forget the rest yeah. here. All right. Before I forget the rest. He didn't call a bad game other than the chance taking. I think. Yeah. Okay. They got okay. behind. That's why we didn't see as enough running. Okay. I think that stuff too. Like, I don't think the running got a chance to really establish itself in the game, but we got behind too quick. Now, what I will say about us getting behind too quick, it was partly us chance taking the stuff and partly refs. Look, I have a my biggest problem with the refs in that game, and I don't want to blame this entirely on the refs because I don't feel like we would have won it even otherwise. Too many other things were wrong. I okay. Can, yeah, I can tend to agree with that. <laughs> but Roughing the passer. Now we get a roughing the passer call and our guy puts his hand on the quarterback's chest after being slightly pushed into him as well. That was okay. not roughing the passer. Okay, that was not roughing the passer. Oh no, then that was flash. That was the everybody. Okay, listen on the replays. I watched NFL primetime. Uh, you know, I seen all kind of commentators. Even the commentators in game were like, eh, "Really, really." That's I yeah, mean right. nobody nobody in their right mind agrees with that call as a valid roughing the passer call. The one guy said, "Well, I guess they're really trying to protect the quarterback, huh?" I guess right. really yeah. yeah, that's what they said. Now, flash to later, it's our drive, right? Uh-huh. A guy hits now. He does it. It's not heinous the way he hit Baker in the head. It was very slight, but that's an actual pass roughing the passer though. That didn't even get looked at. Hey, if guys. you're going to take the same degree of hit, a hit to the chest, oh, roughing the passer, and this that hit, we that was roughing Baker. It was mm-hmm. a helmet-to-helmet hit. And no call. Exactly no call. the point I was Not making earlier. At. Exactly the point I was making earlier, that we, uh, we appear to be on an incline with these calls and no calls, and we're always on the downside of it. Now, right. what I'm saying, like, if you're going to be that on protecting the quarterback and the dude touches him and you're like, oh, yeah, what happened? How does the dude hit the other quarterback's head? OK. And it's not called because right. the refs be cheating. That's but why. All I'm saying is it does seem a little biased. I mean, we certainly could be wrong on that. No, the, uh, the, no, no, we're not wrong. It's mediocre at best across the league and with us. No, we're not wrong. And I demand something be done. You hear me, exactly. Roger Goodell? <laughs> I'm all I'm, I'm what I'm saying is like I'm, I'm, I'm watching these games. That's actually why I didn't watch any more NFL until the Thursday game. I didn't even watch anymore because yeah, I'm going to we get a meeting with Roger Goodell. I'm going to talk to Odell Beckham Sr. and uh, see what he can I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's going to be just the ticket to get in the door, too. Well, honestly, <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, hey, yeah, honestly, well, I didn't watch anymore though because I was like after him, that game, I got a football's got his name on it. Right, right. Listen, okay. Listen, that should, yeah, right. <laughs> that should stand for something. You damn yeah, skippy. After that game, I couldn't. I didn't watch too much more football. Other other games because oh, I was no. like, I'll be honest um, with you guys. I was prepared to stop watching that Thursday game rather quickly if it started going bad quick. Dune yeah. was out. Dune they they dropped it like a day early. It was right. there. It was out. I was like, 
oh, if this shit starts to go bad, I'm going to watch Dune. <laughs> I know that's right. But that first drive, it was like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. I'm just, I, I don't understand. I don't know how the NFL is going to keep this trend with the officiating, especially if it stays this bad. Because the, it is the awful. League, yeah, awful. if the league officiating Post, stays came this out bad, and was vocal about it. Well, here, let me finish what I'm saying. If the league officiating stays this bad and we get into the playoffs. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? It's going to be destructive. Like this is I, I honestly the, what's weird about it is people are like, oh, stop one. This is probably the worst NFL officiating I have seen in a long freaking time. It is actually that bad. Yeah. And what's it, up it, with that? It, Why? It strikes me as very reminiscent of a time. Do you guys remember when the. Uh, the um, officials actually went on strike. And we yeah, had I remember replacement yeah, I officials, remember and we had replacement right. officials. Yeah, this horrible. is kind of oh yeah, but it feels like that, dudes. I mean, it just it feels like that. I don't even know how it hasn't affected betting yet, because if I'm betting and I'm watching some of these games, I'm like, the hell if I'm putting money up on this stuff anymore. This is ridiculous. <laughs> well, wait, I just like you to know that if you were betting. And you've been betting Browns all along, and you bet mm-hmm. the spread. I mean, whether it was bet against them or for them, because there was a couple places where if you were smart, if you had smart money, listen, if you had smart money and the Browns were only a two and a half point favorite with the Cardinals coming to town to Cleveland, which that's what it was, that's what the line was, you bet Cardinals. Because you get three points for the home field. Right. So the Browns were no favorite at all. When they tell you you're a two and a half point favorite at home, they're not complimenting you. I'm <laughs> just saying. Yeah, even three and a half points. And I think it was three and a half points we were favored uh, against Arizona. Not, not in Vegas. It was two and a half. Oh, two and a half? Okay. It was two and a half. And that's why I said, if you're okay, because even then, <coughs> if you're three and a half, they're saying you're an actual half point favorite to win because you get three points for the home field, man. I just want to say the Browns looked really good in that game against Denver, man. I just really enjoyed the whole thing, really, except the defense letting them make runs down the field, you know, that I felt that they weren't really. Shouldn't have well, been capable. We're going to look at the numbers that matter about the uh, Arizona game here real quick. And then I got something to say about that. But here's, here's the problem. And here's why you lose to the Cardinals. If, if, if you wonder why, because they had 24 first downs and you only had 16. They were yeah. eight for, they were eight for 15 on third down efficiency. You were three for 10. They were one for one on fourth down. You were one. For four, you really wanted to get that fourth down conversion, and you wasn't going to stop until you did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's just um, wow. And then uh, time of possession, dude, 34 minutes and 39 seconds the Cardinals had. And if you losing all of those, and by the way, we lost the turnover battle too. So I mean, you're losing in all categories. If somehow you pulled a win out of that, 
that would have been a statistical anomaly. Mm-hmm. Right. Another case point here, people that are on Baker, okay? Now, Baker had the injury, and he did have the interception, which made his rating a little bit lower. He still had 100 rating in this game. But Kyler Murray was 20 of 30 for 229 yards, four TDs, right? Baker was 19 of 28 for 234 yards, two touchdowns. There ain't much difference in that. It was not quarterback play, you know what I mean, that lost the game. You know what I mean? That's. Oh, no. It was the defense sucked. Let's just yeah. Be honest. The defense was not able to stop them. Okay, now I will give like that roughing the passer. If I'm correct, that was on a third down. Okay, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have converted. Okay, and they got a roughing the passer. Like there were things that kept them going. Okay, right. right. But in totality, we just weren't clicking. Okay. Miles had one quarterback hit. He did get two sacks. Or was that uh, we lost you? No, he got one sack. Sorry. He got one sack. Clowney got one sack as well. Okay. But Mm -hmm. in totality, they weren't getting to the quarterback the same way they they've been in the previous games. Okay. They were not getting to him. Okay. And then when they did get to him, you get a roughing the passer and stuff like that. And he was out running the passer. That just really. That, yeah, that. it was a that was a gut blow. That was a big gut blow in that game. Um, they already had the momentum, and that just like flung it at that point because um, it kept their drive going too. Mm-hmm. But um, the other thing um, is Kyler Murray. He's good. He's elusive because the other times that they did get in there, that it seemed like, and I don't even know if you get a hurry a stat for a hurry on a play like that. Okay. He was outrunning miles Garrett and Clowney. Even at times that they were going to get in there and it looked like they might get him. He was off to the races and he extended the play and then made something out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like hey, they just weren't TBF nation. Don't tell Hugh that I told you, but he, he went what? away and it said, no break. No n- P break. Be right back. So, hey, we just, why are we, we talking we just, about this? Why Let's are we talking about, about this? Because I just said, TBF Nation, don't tell you, Q, that I told you. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> hey, either, hey just can I say something? Either one of y'all ain't shit, okay? No. <laughs> now, on the flip side, J.J. Watt wow. was killing us. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, listen. In in the end, it may turn out that J.J. Watt has deprived of a, us of our starting quarterback for the remainder of the year. We don't know. And that is when the shoulder separated again for the second time. Wow. And then, because of that, separated like kind of spontane- spontaneously with no contact later in the game, which is why Baker then came out. So... As long as he gets that bone fused, he has a chance of coming back, maybe. Just not getting that bone fused. If they have to go in and fuse it for him, he's gone for the year. Okay? It's that bone fusing. Okay, partially knitting. It obviously won't be the whole heel time in 10 days, but it might be that it has some of its own structural integrity. And then if they can brace him in such a way as to that prevent, as to prevent 
the the bone from dislocating again without impact because that's the concern because every time that bone comes out of socket something else can rip tear and other nasty fucked up shit informationally people uh, i happen to have been in an automobile accident where i was hitting the rear and the seat hit me in such a way it dislocated my shoulder and i'm awaiting an mri now but don't you worry browns fans it's my non-throwing shoulder so we're good to go that's right. exactly so Unless, i got of a course question, they put uh, jj watt on my ass and then i'm fucking done i'm f- <laughs> Got, got a question to take a little further because uh, I'm not as anatomically uh, intelligent as I used to be when I was a medic in the army. Uh, is that bone, that humerus bone, is that near the socket or no or what? It is the bone that goes into the socket. Okay. All right. Okay. Now it makes okay. sense. But pretty much. It's like your just... femur is your thigh bone, right? Yes. Your yeah. humerus is your upper arm. Right. I mean, there's okay. nothing funny about it. And there's not a damn no, thing. Funny funny about it. <laughs> anyway, so go ahead, Jeff. Um, but pretty much there aren't too many glaring good stats to talk about from that game. Honestly, other than Baker, that's why it's like, as I've hear, heard rumbles of like what people thought of the game. Oh, Baker, uh, uh, Keenum's better. He played a good game. He was really the only shining point to the game. Well, you yeah. know what I mean? That's why I'm like, you know, like, we're really, were we really watching? We're, what, what are we expecting? Look, I saw something that somebody posted where they had Baker's stats through the first, his first how many games, the same as Tom Brady. And right. he's better than him. Well, listen, Baker Mayfield, because of not only his diminutive size, but because of the history in Cleveland. With Johnny Manziel, because of the fact that he won the Heisman Trophy and was drafted number one overall, above yeah. all other players. That's, yeah. He's always going to be scrutinized. Do you understand? Baker's scrutinized. still going to be proving himself in his seventh year. I, I, I certainly hope that you're incorrect on that count. Uh, I do believe okay. Baker is better. Uh, what has he got to do? What does he got to do? Josh Allen has a good fucking game, and all of a sudden, he's the fucking answer. He's the truth. Well, and, and Josh even Allen hadn't when, done anything that Baker Mayfield hasn't. I mean, okay, so he played in the championship game. Remember, second shot. So if the Browns go to the championship game this year under Baker Mayfield with an injured shoulder, will Baker have proven himself to the public at large? No, they're still going to question him. Right. And so, without, so without being mobile, and that's the one aspect that he doesn't have that a lot of other quarterbacks I do disagree. have. I disagree. I think he's very mobile in terms of what – you expect yeah, from traditional quarterback play in the modern sense of a mobile quarterback. If you're going to call say Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, well, that's a, that's a whole different definition of the term. And, and the other thing 
to the other thing to the whole mobile thing. The Browns fans don't even need to be talking about mobile quarterback. We have the best running game in the league. It, the fact that that's even a factor that we're putting in on our quarterback is ridiculous. Other so teams we, that have that their quarterback supply a certain supplement of running game to this. Okay? So let me ask, we don't let me ask this that. question. We, so we know we have agreed that he's not elite right now. But we do. What do you? What do we think he okay. has to do to get? I was about to comment on that. I was about to comment on that. I was about to comment on that. I don't know what people are looking for for there to be other than him scoring more touchdowns. That's it. There's nothing in stat that you can actually even pick out. Let me that tell you, you would have him do. No, not in statistics. Nope, nope. Now, this is a what have you done for me lately thing. And while Baker took the Browns to their first playoff game, Baker has as of yet, even in the playoffs, not with the game on the line and two minutes on the clock, gone down and won a game for his team. Not one now, that matters. I will agree not with one that. that matters. I will agree with that. And that's been his knock that people are saying he's just he's a no fourth quarter to this guy. Okay. Now, what I will say to that is this. Now, as soon as we start putting tangible, you start putting tangible stuff on on people. Okay. Now we move away from Baker because we try to make that a breaking point to it. Right. Well, he's just not able to do it. And you get another guy and he's no good. You're going to base his performance on those statistics or wins or not. Okay. And what I'm the dangerous thing is to sit here and see the stats say that he is what he is. Okay. And he's better than most of the things that you're saying you should have instead. Okay. And then not try to find ways to win with it. Let me just just say this. Let me just say this about all of that. I look to Josh Allen, right? In his second season, the Bills weren't looking like geniuses. They were looking like Josh Allen's a bust. Right. Okay. Lamar Jackson was a big fucking reach, dude. Was a reach from a coach who was trying to stay relevant in a competitive division had Joe Flacco, who former MVP, okay, Joe Flacco. Whether he ever deserved that or not, we could argue about that. But he was. That's a fact. He was NFL MVP, <laughs> Joe Flacco. And John Harbaugh looked and said, I ain't going nowhere with this fuck. Give me somebody yeah, that can and, run. And I'll take that. I'll teach him to throw the fucking ball. Now he looks like a fucking genius, doesn't mm-hmm. he? That's right. But the best feature of Lamar's game no matter how good you may say he is throwing the ball, it's still his legs, okay? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he can bring competitive level accuracy and distance is great, okay? But it's competitive level, and sometimes he really falls off in crucial situations in terms of accuracy. There's one more point I wanted to make, and I pretty much am done with this game, okay? okay? Is that back to... Baker, because I think he's the only shiny point to this game. Okay. So he's the most worth thing talking about. Okay. I really do think the closest thing to him is to to say he's like is Drew Brees. Okay. And I will say this again. Drew Brees was probably the best quarterback in the league two years when he had like the best offense in the league and the worst defense. It it does not matter. You have to have a, a whole, t- it's still a whole team effort, even if you have an elite freaking quarterback. 
OK, right. you can have the be- he basically showed you can have the no. best quarterback in the league throw a record amount of fucking yards. OK, and still not get anywhere. Okay. Right. And let me say one more thing and then we can let this go. It doesn't help Baker's case. Anybody wanting to make Baker's case with the detractors when the guy that took your place as quarterback in Oklahoma. who then won the Heisman Trophy just like you and then got picked number one overall just like you, okay, is now in his third year, not fourth, okay, in his third season, not fourth, a year ahead of you, performing like that guy. Okay, Kyler Kyler Murray, one might argue because of his diminutive stature, may have been even less likely to succeed in the NFL. and. And quite frankly, let's look at the offense that the Cardinals play. And they have crafted the entire offense around Kyler Murray's ability, what he sees, what he doesn't see. Right. Okay. It ain't ain't that Kyler Murray sees everything. They ain't asking him to see a goddamn thing that he doesn't. Okay. Right. Well, Kyler Murray's substantially shorter than Baker, is he not? He's 5'10". Baker Mayfield is, Baker Mayfield is officially listed as, Six one, I believe he's at a stretch on six that. I think he's six base. foot. Now, I want to make one comment to the Kyler Murray to Baker Mayfield thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, right. this does have to do with team as well, but Kyler's going to have his chance this year. Okay. Because we're saying if Kyler Murray is actually on the same pace as Baker, which stat wise, they look like they are, and he may be even ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we have to go. We got to start deciding what we're going to gauge Baker to. If it's stats, then he ain't much worse than any of the guys we're talking about. Okay. He's in the league of. He may, even if we want to say not quite as good, he's there. There ain't no reason right. to fail him. He's been right. to, okay, the NFL championship game. Okay. Tyler Murray should get there this year. If he's on the if he's on the same, you you got to gauge what it is. It's like when you talk to people, basketball fans are like, "Well, Jordan won." Well, but the stats say you got to pick something, man. You can't bounce around to prove your prove your point. Okay, no. if if you're on the stats, Baker is where he should be. If you're on progression, he's where. He if you want to say other guys are hit, then these guys need to win something. Then Tom Brady shouldn't be the dude in the in in the Super Bowl winning. Okay. What I'm saying is Baker's putting up the stats and people are making too many excuses on the fact of why we're not winning being because of the quarterback play. The only thing that man is doing that I'm seeing right now that needs to get better is he needs to score touchdowns. Were, were it not for the injury, I see. Ba- I saw Baker progressively getting better, and I think he well, would have. All I'm uh, saying to you is this, and this is a point-blank statement. This whether you like it or not, one of these days, once Baker's on the field again, with the game on the line and three and a half minutes on the clock and a lead and a lead, albeit a one point lead guys got to put the team on his shoulders and win the fucking game. He can't yeah, throw yeah, wide. That's, he that's, can't that's, throw wide at a guy. He can't, he can't throw wide at a guy on second down in that scenario. That's the answer I was looking for. That's what Baker needs to be able to do to get next level. Well, but that's, that's just obvious. Yeah. 
I think we t- talked about it before, and that's why I was that's why I actually brought it up. So no, I agree with that as well. I do agree yeah. with that as well. But I'm saying, you know, people like it, it's just funny to see, you know, as much talk as there is about oh, Baker. Is he really? If Baker isn't 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 worth continuing with, there's a bunch of quarterbacks that aren't. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. well, the, so the ones that people mention, they're like, oh, I wish we had such and such listen, a said. Like not just trading that. for Deshaun Watson. Come not on, only man, that, really? this, get, this league is so much. What have you done for me lately? Right. Um, and we and forget. Listen, so and we listen. We listen to a news cycle where they're constantly trying to fill with new content. So what a guy does is he changes opinion every other day based on what somebody said or something that happened in a game. Um, and the truth is, if the Browns are going to be what a lot of people predicted they would be, right? At four and three with seven games played and 10 left to play in a 17-game season, it's not a bad place to be. No. Especially given not at all what the browns learned about themselves and that's coming up next what we're gonna talk about okay Okay. in the meantime it's my job to remind you that this this podcast is brought to you by daddy jams time space mixes and you know you know where you can listen to those shits at right uh, mixcloud.com slash daddy jams daddy yeah. jams time space mixes listen at mixcloud.com Oh, yeah, you don't want to miss those mixes by Daddy Jams because, you know, when it comes to music, Daddy knows what he's doing. Anyway, let's talk about the good game. You know, the one that we like. That's right. Yeah. The one we just saw Thursday night. We just saw on Thursday, the 21st of October, 10 days before Halloween, in Cleveland Stadium. Um, fans were joyful and joyous as ESPN or Fox or whoever the fuck it was came in and broadcasted all over prime and whatever. And they were just there and it was la 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 Browns fans, man, pumpkin heads and dog faces and mm-hmm. shit. It was great. Um, but you, you were asking show. yourself if you're a Browns fan and you're watching all this is, yeah, ah, we're, we're fucking screwed. Aren't we? Yes. You know what? <laughs> Until that first drive, dude, I wasn't sure, but I had at that point, just based on the decision to receive and then the decision to hand that ball off and be what you, what you are, forget what you should be. And you know, yes, the Browns have shown, I believe more than a tendency to when coming out on first drive, first down with Baker Mayfield under center. They're going to pass that ball. They're going to take your assumption that with such a good running team, they're going to come out running on you. Right. And they've done it to to the point to where they've even allowed teams through, I think, film analysis to be more prepared for a pass on first down, first drive, which has led to some limited success in doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you – 
I think the scenario of events in terms of the maturation of your coach, keep in mind Stefanski, whether he's coach of the year or not, you know, half of that coach of the year award just goes to him taking the Browns to the playoffs. Okay. And how, how much of that was his actual skill as a coach and how much of that is his actual luck in the situation he was in? And there was a healthy mix of both. And I, I would say he's probably 60% good coach, 40% lucky. But in having said that, that means he's still got some shit to learn. And this is part of that learning and maturation process for head coach. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I will say to that, okay, I noticed him do something in the game. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what um, somebody said to me, they were like, um, he played conservative at the end. You know what I mean? They just played to run the clock out, even though, I yeah. mean, they were safe. They could have just tried to score the ball without really any repercussion of the other team really having a chance to come back. You know what I mean? They could have tried to get in, but he played it as we just played a game where we played really risky. Right. And didn't get much out of can it. I, can he I came into this question, game. Though? Can I ask yeah. you a question as it relates to that? Because sometimes I think we're being given, we're giving people a lot too much credit for being smart because they, okay, the Ernest Johnson, I literally heard somebody say, well, it's a really heads up play where he goes down on the five and instead of, you know, to, to burn right. the clock. Now, come on. The way the Broncos were playing, right? If you to put another six points on the board, you're trying to tell me you couldn't have stopped him? You're trying to tell me you think they'd have come down in now what would have been a two-score game and beat you? Right. They wouldn't have. Why, no, are we, why are we patting ourselves on the back for how fucking smart we were when we squander an ability to put any points on the board? That doesn't make sense to me. No. no. I was about that's to. Right. That's what I was saying. I'm, I'm like, on one hand, it's like we lost the, that aggression, but I did see him come out and like, Okay, we're just gonna play safe. Let's just win this game, get this win, play safe, right? Not make any the chance for any extra stuff to look any kind of other way. Yeah. I, so, I, hey guys, I got yeah, I, I, that's the exact kind of stuff though. Okay, that will get you. Would that'll lose you a big game if you're thinking like that? Gotcha. I, I mean, and I don't necessarily disagree. Because what? Well, come on, I, I think about think about the playoff game against the Chiefs, and. You got what was it? Heward is that the guy that was in Hen mm -hmm. Henny? Chad Henny, Chad fucking Henny, is in, and the Browns. All they got to do is stop them from getting a first down, and Andy Reid does a ball check, okay? And and I mean he checked to see how big his own balls were and said, "My, those are pretty sizey balls I have." Chad, run the fucking ball, Chad Henny. He says this to. It's because it was a called and designed quarterback run with on third and what was it, six or something like that? Dude. Yeah, I remember. Andy Reid calls with his big balls in his hand. He says, Chad, run the ball. Okay. Now, if so, when you want to be aggressive and against what makes sense, let it be a high payoff situation. Now, Andy Reid, listen, Chad Henney doesn't run for that. Who's going to hold Andy Reid at fault? He's trying to win the fucking game, right? 
Right. Right. He's trying to ice this game by just getting all he's got to do is get a first down and Pat Mahomes is out. What the fuck? If he doesn't get it, they got to punt the ball away and stop us one more time. And they had been relatively successful in that quarter having done so. So it doesn't mean he loses the game, but no. it, it, it having done the ball check and then with with his large gonads in hand calling the play that the man that has those does then he announces to the world see i got big balls so now andy reed is a fucking football god because he's got big balls you know what kills me though that's not all that made him he was also smart enough to pick patrick mahomes as his quarterback okay yeah can can you hear me yeah oh okay cool um what killed me in that game when Henny came in is the fact we weren't blitzing more. And when we finally decided to blitz and we get there, they dumped that pass off to win the game to the, you know, the little, little screen pass to the sideline. I was so pissed. I'm like, no, I was talking about hey. the playoff game. I'm talking about the playoff game where the, oh, okay. the last okay. meaningful play was the backup quarterback right. running for a first down on like third and six. A backup oh, yeah. quarterback, a backup quarterback who, by the way, was never known for his running ability. Okay. Yeah. Chad Henney. Like, like, I thought Chad Henney had left the league. I thought Chad <laughs> Henney had gone on and he was the new voice of Kermit the Frog or something. Right. So funny. Well, so no, because no, I don't know who's doing the voice of Kermit now. I don't know. Um, but it ain't the, it ain't the original dude. I can tell you that because I saw Kermit on something the other night and I was like, that's not my Kermit. I wanted to bring this up on the show because everybody's questioning Joe Woods and kind of things that we got a lot of injuries in the, in the defensive backfield. Okay. I know there's a time and place to run the soft zone. It seems like we're doing it a lot more and not doing it well. And I wish we, maybe we don't, they don't trust them to go man for man. Is that it? Dude, if you can't, okay. If you can't trust them to run a soft zone, how are you going to trust them to go man? Okay. That's true. true. I get it. I'm just like, God, boy, it just seems like if they can't, if they can't play a Tampa two, okay, why the fuck do you think they can play man? So now you're going to put them on an Island. All you're going to do is make them boys look bad. Listen, clearly Andrew Barry still has some work to do in terms of depth and or quality in the defensive backfield. You can, you can like the guys you have and know there's better guys out there. It's okay. Right. I mean, it just happens. Jeff, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Um, we I mean, we didn't we didn't play too too bad, but I I could see that they were going down the field. We didn't play us, bad. You know. No, against the Broncos. Look, let's let's just look at the numbers, and so you can feel better about your uh, defensive backfield. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater. Was 23 for 33 and 187 yards. He threw for two pick, two touchdowns, that's for sure. But he threw a pick and he had a 91.4 rating. Which one might want to note that based on sheer completion percentage, I'm sure, is the only reason why. But he had a better quarterback rating overall, even with the pick, than uh, Case Keenum had who was 21 for 33 for 199 yards, a touchdown, and no picks, which uh, came out to a 90.3. So clearly, a lot more emphasis being placed on completion percentage than whether or not you had an interception in the rating formula. 
Right. Because because an interception's a completion. No, I'm just kidding. Well, well an interception <laughs> is a completion. So, yeah, right. So take one away from, if you don't like to think of it like that, take one away from Keenum, which makes him 20 of 33 and 22 of 33 for Bridgewater. Interestingly enough, both quarterbacks attempted the exact same amount of passes. Right. So now, in having said that, if the rushing totals were anything close to the same, what you would then be expecting to see is somewhat equal time of possession. But but the Browns had 182 yards rushing on 33 carries as a team, and the Broncos had 41 yards on 14 carries, 2.9. So you can be upset as you want to about the Browns' pass defense. But I would not say based on Thursday's game that you should that there should be any criticism at all rendered toward the defense as a whole or certainly their ability in the front seven. Hmm. I'm, yeah, and I'm wondering what this game did for us in terms of power ranking on our defense and where we're at now. Boy, I tell you what, if they if they if they if they factor in quality of opponent, it didn't do much. Okay. You know, I don't, right. want, I don't want Browns fans to get overly happy about this game only because, guys, and I understand that the Broncos started 3-0, and but just look who they did it against. And once they started right. playing exactly. teams, once they started playing teams that were going to have a chance at some time during the season being above 500, they, they, didn't, they started not doing so good. Well, now, wait a minute. Did they beat L.A., though? Did they beat the L.A. Rams? I don't think so, Hugh. I thought they did, which was which was surprising to me. No, maybe I think it's surprising to you because you're fucking imagining that shit. That's why. But hold on, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. L.A. L.A. Rams scores. We'll look at their schedule for the year. Near as I can tell, they haven't played the freaking Rams, Hugh. I don't know why I thought they. Maybe I was looking at another team. You we're definitely looking at another team because, or yeah, they didn't even play them in the preseason. Okay, the Rams my bad. thus far yeah. in the regular season have played uh, the. Let's see, September twelfth is when they played the Bears, the Colts, the Bucks, the Cards. Now you might think you might be thinking about the Cardinals who beat the Rams, okay? But the Broncos, oh, that's right. yeah, the Broncos that's right. haven't beaten the Rams. Uh, they have not okay. played the Rams, and all right, I can't imagine them being on the Rams' schedule this year because the NFC West is playing the AFC North, and the Broncos didn't finish high enough to be an interconference matchup with a team as high quality as the Rams. Okay, <laughs> Just right? Yeah, so. It's just, like, yeah, I haven't said much about this game because this game is it's not that I'm not excited for the win. I think Case Keenum played. He played good. You can win with him playing this way. Yes. OK, now, am I confident that he'll play every game he plays like this? I, I'm not yet. OK, so no, but um, I can tell you some things I like about the numbers that the team as a whole put together for this game, Jeff. 23 first downs to 15, right? Yes. How mm-hmm. about this? Nine for 15 on third down efficiency for 60%, which if 
that's the best we've done this year on third down efficiency. Yes, okay, it is. And um, we allowed five for eleven. We still allowed forty five point five percent third down efficiency, and we were one for one on fourth down, and we allowed them one for one on fourth down. So that's a that's a push, right? But thirty six minutes and fifty one seconds time of possession. Okay. Yeah. What to twenty three oh nine? the game to th- and we won the turnover battle. Yeah, and we won the game. Only thing I will say about the what I point I was going to get to most about it is that I did not like the win. Uh, there's some good things about it. Case Keenum didn't play bad. If he plays this way, we can win with this quarterback play. It's not amazing quarterback play, okay? No. But we can win with this. It's sufficient. If he plays any worse than this, if he plays any worse than this, we can't. I'd okay? like to point some things out about the um, Browns' schedule now. I, I think was he looking, I was Pittsburgh. Lo- I was looking at standings. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I watched the Pittsburgh Steelers play the other night, and they looked pretty goddamn good to me. Ben is clearly a shadow of his former self, but even shadow Ben can play reliably, and if they're not asking him to do shit he can't do now, it's the same kind of fucking, uh, you know, situation we got with not asking our backup to do what he doesn't do. You know, I think the big thing that a lot of teams make a mistake with when they, uh, uh, you know, put a backup quarterback in, is that they they ask him to do what the starter was doing, and it'd be nice if you could have a guy that does can do exactly what your starter does. Don't have to change a thing, but ain't the way that shit works. I I just think that the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't better than they were last year. And that we can beat them. Yeah, even but with let Kate. me tell you who is better than they were last year. The four who? and two Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, and yeah. And they are your problem way before the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, well, they're your I next we game. Pittsburgh next. Well, I'd like to comment okay, to that I, anyway. Again, you're, you're telling me that you don't give a whole lot of credence to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really? I'm telling oh, you. Well, I mean... Well, no, this is, this, is you, no this is Hugh just said it. Okay, you just said, I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are worth a tiddler's damn. I'm, Those I'm weren't gonna, your exact words, but you said that. So I'm telling no, you what I meant. What I'm, what so, I meant okay. was, I well, then listen to what I meant for a second. All right. Okay. I said that the Bengals are going to be your problem way before the Steelers. I'm not telling you that the Bengals is your next game, but they're the game after your next game. And if you're not worried about the Steelers, you better goddamn well be worried about the Bengals. Oh, I am concerned about the Bengals. I'm trying to tell you, they're playing like a team that wants it, and they got some talent. Okay. In in terms of receivers, they got the NFL Rookie of the Year, I believe, playing for them. Okay. Probably. Yeah. I mean, the other point to it is that no matter what we think about the Steelers, we're still playing in the NFL, and the Steelers are going to play us hard. Oh yeah, no matter when, what they are, what I watched okay, them it the other night. Did, didn't they win last week? Am I correct? The Steelers didn't they win last week? They got I think they did win last week. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and they didn't look bad doing it. Okay, I no. mean they got key plays. We from have- key guys. 
we have to remember we have the hardest division in the league. So when we look at our division opponents and think, oh, well, we, can, okay. we can't look past any of our division I just want, opponents. I just want to say this to you guys, and I don't know if you've realized this or not, but I was looking at the standings, okay? We, we start this week in third place, and we have not yet played a divisional <clears throat> game. Okay, next week. Right. I mean, not this coming Sunday, but the Sunday after that, the 10 days away thing, right? That's our first divisional game of the season with seven games played. Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Seahawks by three points. That's what right. happened. I'm going to yes. make one other point to our schedule. Our schedule went from the beginning of the season looking like a eh, mediocre schedule as far as strength to a hard-ass schedule. Okay. Yeah, I just want to get to, here. Here, how about this? Steelers, Bengals, Patriots, Lions. Maybe there's a walk. Maybe there's a cakewalk in there somewhere because we right. do have the Lions. We get on the one. Schedule. Yeah, we but do. But then have you the get Lions. Ravens. Ravens. Then you get Ravens by Ravens. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, the by then it don't mean shit to the Raiders anymore. By then, but then you got Packers, Steelers, Bengals. Yeah. And if you, if you, so how meaningful is this game? That's not, not the next game, like I said, but to come, you know, on November 7th against the Bengals in Cincinnati, how meaningful is that game? Well, you got to close the season out with them on January 9th, hosting them in Cleveland. Yeah. And the NFL schedule makers, you got to have hats off to them because if they don't have anything else right, they got when and where to have matchups pretty much nailed. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, and if you look at it too, our our division, right, going in, and I I said this last year, Bengals lost a lot of close games last year. Right. Okay. So even you look at our division, we're like, okay, the Browns are gonna be good. Everybody expect the Steelers to be good, right? The Ravens are gonna be good. And you looked at the Bengals and you're like, the Bengals were not as bad as their record Here's showed. The problem. Last year. Here's the problem with the Bengals. Do you remember back when they drafted uh Keely Come Smith. on, the not guy, far back. not Klingler, but the other guy, the guy that was with him for years and then went out to Arizona. Parsons. Yes. Carson yeah. Par Carson Palmer. Sorry. Carson, Carson Palmer. Palmer. Okay, when they drafted Carson Palmer. Okay, I mean, for all the years that Carson was there, they were a threat. Oh yeah, because okay. Carson was actually good. He was actually good, but Joey Burrow's actually better than that. If you ask me, and because I know everybody was singing the praises of Trevor Lawrence and why he should be the number one overall pick and all that other shit, right? But out of all the number one overall pick quarterbacks that have gone, and I think Burrow was number two because the one pick didn't need a quarterback, wasn't it like that the year he got drafted? It was something like that. I don't think Burrow something went like actually that, yeah. number one, but he's first quarterback picked, okay? So you take all those, Baker Mayfield included. In the last five years, the guy to me that's the best actual quarterback that can is going to be if he develops along the line of his trajectory and capability, the best quarterback. That's his name is Joey Burrow. Guys. All right. Now he went to the Cincinnati Bengals and they're not known for building teams around people, but they went out the first draft after him and got him his dude from his college. Who's now on the trajectory to be rookie of the year. Okay, <laughs> and he's got somebody he's comfortable throwing into that can get open and get those 50-50 balls. 
All right. What's their offensive line like? Just curious. I I would say to you the fact that they're four and two indicates to me that they're decent. Okay. Okay. They've got a they've got a predominant pass game, and they're protecting them long enough for them to be four and two. I mean, I'm sorry, four and one going into the weekend. Because see, after this weekend of play, if just say all things being equal. The Steelers are on a bye, so their position can't, they can't worsen their position, okay? The Ravens and the Bengals play, they both win. Browns could be tied for last place. That's the best you're going to do if the, the Bengals and the Ravens win. Steelers can't win this week because I, I believe they're on a bye. I have to confirm that. I have to go back to the, the schedule. You know, the schedule. You know, come on. Mm -hmm. You know, British football, the, the BFL, the British Football League. Yeah. So, so okay. Week. This is week eight coming up. Yes. Okay. So Packers play the Cardinals. Bengals play the Jets. <laughs> Joey Burrow and the Bengals going to win, y'all. I'm just Titans saying. play the Chiefs. No, no, this is not week eight. It's week seven still. It's week seven that we're in right okay, now. Okay, so, okay. All right. Panthers play the Giants, Jets, Pats, Chiefs, Washington football team. Bengals. Bengals, Bengals play the Ravens. Ravens. So only one of them can win, guys. Only one of them can win. They could right. tie the game. They could tie the game. It could end in a tie. In which case, the Bengals would be 4-2-1 and one, and so, the so Ravens would be 5-1-1. One who do I do want, want to win? I don't the know. Ravens? No, I'd, I'd rather see them bunch it up. I'd rather see the Bengals win and, and make the Ravens 5-2 and two and they can elevate to 5-2. and two. Yep. I, I don't want to see, see, I don't see the uh, Ravens running away with anything. <clears throat> It's in Baltimore, so it's going to be a tough boy. That's a that's a that's, that's a, tough a tough ask. Thing. That's a tough ask, even if the Bengals are on the rise. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. So, and the teams that are on a bye, and if I'm not mistaken, this is the first bye week of the byes. So Steelers got the early bye. Steelers, Bills, Chargers. How come Steelers, Bills, Chargers, three best teams? See, we're not one of the four best teams in the league because they didn't give us the week off with the rest of the guys. <laughs> yeah, because Steelers, Bills, Chargers, Jaguars, Vikings, Cowboys. So four AFC teams and only two NFC teams this week on a bye. Man, I want to see both those games. I want to see Bagels, Ravens, and Chiefs, Titans. Damn it. And the nice part about the Steelers is the Steelers are coming to Cleveland, not the other way around. So, and listen, a Mike Tomlin coached team is going to be somewhat, you know, depending on how they're peopled, right? And keep in mind, too, that Mike Tomlin is predominantly known for his calling of offenses. I know he's a defensive guy, but he doesn't coordinate the Steelers' defense. Okay, well, he has input now on who that is because the guy who was the guy that was with him for years and they, Dick, whatever his name was, he's a real dick. 
who I'm, I'm really not sure who you're talking you know, about. The old there. dude, the old dude that was coordinating their defenses for years under Bill Cower all the way through. I can't remember his uh, name, but long story uh, short. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lambeau. Dick, Dick Lambeau. LeBeau. Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau. He was a real dick. <laughs> anyway, but since Dick LeBeau, he has had input into who that coordinator is going to be, but he doesn't. He doesn't call that defense. Okay, don't don't mistake it. The Steelers, when they brought Tomlin in, says, yeah, but you can't change this defense. The Steelers run Steelers defense, and whoever's coming in to call it is it's based on their ability to call Steelers defense, not some right. new concept they're bringing in. Okay. Right. <laughs> So they're gonna they're gonna four six blitz you. It's gonna be zone blitz. It's gonna be and they're gonna be aggressive. And this year, uh, by the way, based on personnel, the Steelers aren't as aggressive as they have been in the past with the blitz. Right. And and their guy is is Steelers. Is that Wink? Who's Wink Martindale? Who's he with? I have no fucking clue. You know they call him they call him Wink Martindale. That's not his actual first name, but they they call him that after the famous game show host. But uh, right, but uh, oh yeah, he's uh he's the Ravens' defensive coordinator. Oh, I'm gonna have to look at that. Okay, yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. Don Martindale, or better known as Don Wink Martindale, is an American football coach who is the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. And they call him Don and Wink Martindale because Winston Conrad Wink Martindale uh, mm-hmm. is an American disc jockey, radio personality, game show host, and television producer. So anybody who's oh, ever well. watched their share of game shows in America has seen... Um, Hey, guys, I want to tell you guys about something. A What's lot that? of people don't know it, um, but I highly recommend it. And maybe, maybe, maybe they're out there listening, too, so maybe they give us a shout-out. But I thought this was so interesting. I said, well, I'm going to mention this on the podcast, okay? There is a podcast called The Paul Brown Podcast. All right? All right. And uh, I'm just going to play you the very beginning of an episode so that you'll understand why I was, I found it so cool. And, and just, just wait till you hear this. This is the cutest shit in the world. And, and by the way, very good football analysis and all the other stuff too. Okay. So I, I, hold on, getting my trusty keyboard out here. Paul Brown. I'm searching for that on a, Google Podcasts, and boom, it comes up. So I'm just going to play the intro of Arbitrary Episode. Uh, here's the, the beginning of their two days ago episode for Browns versus Broncos, but check it out. In the beginning, there was darkness. Then there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Cool shit, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah, I like he's that. A British oh, dude. Yeah, he's a that. British dude, and he talks with an American-speaking guy who I'm presuming is either from Cleveland or in Cleveland. They address the audience as Cleveland. Okay. And it's just nice. cool. It's good. It's a show kind of like ours. You know? Oh, uh, you know, that's type nice. deal. But I just thought, like, Paul Brown, and then this British guy, and his name just so happens to be Paul Brown, and he's a Browns fan. So, hey, what the fuck? Awesome cool shit. Me. Awesome cool. shit. Yeah. So, uh, oh, well, go Browns. Yes, sir. But the question is, where are they going? Where are they going? Up, well, no, now, now that the, the point I was making by saying, guys, we haven't even played a divisional game yet. So, you know, it's all in your hands right now. I, I like Kevin Stefanski. I like his abilities as a coach from what I've seen so far. I'm also of the considered opinion that having watched him thus far, I believe that he's got some learning to do in terms of what, what can be done as a head coach. You know, as opposed to imposing your will on a situation where it doesn't fit. Right. Well, I mean, the other thing is, I made point earlier talking about the game. You know, Keenum played serviceable. We can win with what how he played. You know what I mean? But we beat the Broncos. I mean, the example and which and I know they have the same record as us. So it's like, yeah, we beat the Broncos. We should be happy about that. But I don't know whether the Broncos are on up or down, just like people are like, well, are the Browns on up or down right here? So I don't know what to gauge this game is. You know well, what I mean? Well, I can tell you what you can do in the end of it. And I, this is the one thing I did like. I heard somebody say, you know, you can say that in, in terms of understanding where you're really at, that, hey, this was the Broncos. Yeah, they started 3-0, and but what three teams were those and all that stuff. But in the end, at the end of the year, if you go through the playoffs, get to the Super Bowl and win it, nobody's coming to you and saying, you know, back in week seven when you beat the Broncos, they weren't very good. Right. You know? hey, hey, look, it's the whole Eli um, Manning right. thing, right? He, he went eight and eight. Two of those eight and eight teams he played on are like teams you shouldn't, didn't even think would make the playoffs. And won, won the Bowls. Super Bowls. That's okay. right. Because, so then, of, because of crazy, unpredictable. You got to be there to execute the impossible play. That's all I'm saying. You got to get, you there. know what Eli Manning is like when we're sitting here talking about stats and intangibles and what you do and everything else and who mm-hmm. can get to the playoffs and what they do when they get there. This is what I've been saying though. The whole Baker thing. Now I also get to the point to what you're saying. It's like, he's got to be able to lead a team in the fourth quarter and do these At things. Some you know what point, I mean? He's just got to take it on his, put it on his back one time. Just show it. My point though, is that I'm getting to is that is this now people will harp on Eli Manning, right? Cause he didn't have the stats that Baker has. Right. Mm-hmm. But then Eli won the games that they needed to oh, be yeah. won. Why well, he had to a win the help Super Bowl. from David Tyree? Right? No, okay, right. Yeah. I get the help part, but you cannot deny the fact that the dude did it. Yeah, everybody's it, it, all it, like, I, I watched it. Help, I watched it happen. He won the game. I watched it happen, and it's There's also quarterbacks that put up the same, stats and don't win them. Okay, same. Well, wait. Opposites. Here's an opposite example. At one time, I had great faith in the potential of a young guy who quarterbacks the team that everybody down here roots for, the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan. Right. right. And But then I watched him blow, <laughs> blow a 28-point first, first half. And listen, if I'm Matt Ryan at some point, I'm going to the sideline and saying, fuck you to Kyle Shanahan and execute an actual football play. 
Okay. Well, the, the, my whole gripe, look, Atlanta fans, I to this day, I feel bad because my boss at that time was an Atlanta fan. I was almost going to text him at halftime. I almost did it at halftime and say, congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think, I think the Falcons had done that I stuff did. in the locker room at halftime to each other. Here's what's bad about it. Because even at the time, I explained to somebody why people are saying it's so embarrassing they lost that way. Because they're like, well, uh, dude, if I was playing Madden, I'd have ran the clock out. Yeah. They didn't have a play. If I remember correctly, one of the stats people I was watching were basically like, they didn't have a play that second half that they let the the game, the you know, the play clock run all the way out. They played hurry offense like the whole time. They let them back. Had they just ran the ball and ran the clock out, there wouldn't have been enough time for Tom Brady to do that. What the hell are you doing? They gave Tom Brady enough time to do it. If they'd have just ran the ball and ran the clock out the rest of the game, they wouldn't even had time to come back. Right. Let me, hey, I want to ask you guys, here's irrelevant question of the podcast. And it's totally irrelevant to the Browns, but did you do, has, have either of you seen Dune yet? No, no I'm going to watch it today. Okay. Now that's let me HBO know what Max, you think. right? That's yeah, a HBO two, Max, that's a two, yes. Almost a three-hour movie, by the way. And by the way, okay, while I will tell you, it is almost a three-hour movie, and this is in no way a spoiler. Keep in mind that, that Dune Part 2 is going to have to happen for you to get the entire story in the first book, okay? This oh, is okay. only half. Only half of what is intended to give you. I tell you this. I think my, that might be, and we can come back and talk about it because I won't spoil it for you as far as the where it's at. But where they chose to split the story, if Denny even Villeneuve has done anything with this that I disagree with, that might be it. Okay. But uh, all, overall, visually, um, from a standpoint of, you know, because one of the hard things it appears to have been with Dune for the first two attempts to make it into something to watch the first time by uh, David Lynch, the second time by oh whoever the fuck did it for TNT, um, is that, you know, to kind of keep that script moving in such a way that maintains interest without being boring, but I was stilling a- do all the exposition they have to do to explain to you where the fuck you're at, you know, kind of thing. Okay, I will. I will comment because i'm someone who like i know you liked it when i was a kid yeah so like i knew what it was but was i that never movie read the, the whole book? book hold on let jeffrey finish saying what he's All saying right. now that uh-huh. i knew what it was i didn't read the books okay and i had some interest in it when i'd watch them i, I think i watched two different iterations of it a series and then the movie right you know and both were interesting, but got to points where they were. It was so boring, right? I could not continue. So, at least in that regard, and that's the point I was making. At least in that regard, having watched it only once, and I intend to watch it three times. First time is that's first experience. I'm not really being that critical at that point, you know. Now, knowing the actual material it's based on, having read the books myself. I, I will go back and watch it a second time, and I'm going to be kind of nitnoid in the process, okay? Did they get the story right? And then just a third time just for, now how does that all sit together with me? 
you know, because the first time it's just raw experience. You had, this is this guy's interpretation of this story. Um, I think the cast is great. They all fit the roles pretty good. It's hard for me to imagine Patrick Stewart and Josh Brolin both being able to fit the role of a character in Gurney Halleck and both do so convincingly. It's just a different interpretation of Gurney. Um, but yeah, Thanos, the, Thanos is Gurney Halleck. Yeah. There you go. Was the was the first movie all encompassing? Was it both? No, no. Stories? That 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 itself. Even the in where the first movie ends, the David Lynch movie, where it ends isn't isn't even the end of the first book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So no, they never they never have made a movie that totally encompasses the first book. And I I think based on the numbers we're going to see from this weekend at the box office and then coupled with HBO max views that Denis Villeneuve will be okay to press on with part two, which if, if okay. I'm a guessing okay. guy, a lot of that's already in the can, the filming, the actual okay. filming. And so what hadn't been done on part two now is the post-production. You can't have this much time between filming these parts of a story that's supposed to happen. I mean, come on. I mean, I know Timothy Chalamet is not as young as he is playing a role. He's one of these older guys that looks like a teenager. Okay. But Zendaya is going to continue to get older and she's going to look more mature. And at some point, if she's playing young Chani, you can't film the next part three years later. I'm pretty sure principal photography has already been done for part two. Okay. Alrighty then. But when, when, when you see it and if it's later today, good and enjoy it. Um, what you're going to notice is that the, the bulk share, the lion's share of the money, no matter how big the cast is, went to special effects. Okay. <laughs> so that's the part they're okaying. Okay. Go ahead and do the post-production now. Cause, cause Alrighty. I'm sure, it, I'm sure it costs some damn money. Now, I don't know if any of you are interested enough to see it, but there's another big, um, seminal, if you will, sci-fi novel series that has been made into visual to enjoy. It's not in the theaters. It is on Apple TV plus, and it is Isaac Asimov's foundation. And yeah. Check that out. It's pretty good too. Okay. Well, and having said that, anything else to say about the Browns other than I am deeply concerned, worried, and did somebody say the earnest? I still predict the Browns will win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You yeah, heard it from what me. What about the season? Where do you feel like they're going with the season? Because I will tell you this. I, I, I got to see the next game. I, I got I, I to see the next game, and I, I guess I got to hear the next official announcement about Baker Mayfield. Because I... I you know, as as much as people want to say that the Browns are predominantly a running team and this and that and blah and blah, I believe that the Browns are that running team, but also with the capability of an accurately armed and and physically prepared Baker Mayfield. Without Baker, I think it does make a difference. I don't know how much of a difference, but if you think Case Keenum can get the job done for you and you don't do anything to beef out the roster at the quarterback position, if you find out Baker Mayfield is not available for the rest of the season, then, you know, you're basically just saying yes, and we're going to try again next year. I, I now, just want to, I'll, I'll make one point. But I would, think, I would think if they announce that, though. 
Oh yeah. Um, that then I would like to hear about the Browns at least considering, not necessarily that I'm all for it, but at least considering. Let's take a look at the Cam Newtons of the world. Let's take a look at somebody that's out there that may can give us a better shot. Well, I was I, I was actually going to comment on that. So one, people who think that the loss of Baker isn't significant. Okay. The lowest quarterback rating Baker has put up is 88 point, whatever you think Casey Keenum played such a great game. His quarterback rating in the game was 90 point something. Okay. There you go. So even as bad as Baker's played, he usually puts up a performance that is superior to what Casey Keenum did. Okay. That's his usual. Even when you think he played bad. Right. Okay. So now on from that point. Okay. All the stuff with this Deshaun Watson has been one of the big things. Okay. And anybody who thinks we should trade Baker for Deshaun Watson and put anything else in that package is loopy. Okay. Uh, if they get, if, if, if they were to get Baker from us for Deshaun Watson, okay. Right now with Deshaun Watson in his off field stuff, that's arguable whether you should even consider that as, as straight up, but it should be straight up. Okay. Like, Honestly, that's a straight up trade at, at if this you point. want to do something that's gonna piss me off, you go ahead and do that. Okay, you go ahead. And do that. Right. Right. And the, all this hearing people say we should do it and throw a pick in there and they should get oh please. Uh, yeah. Listen, that, that's ridiculous. I am just happy that those people are not general managers. Yeah, I know. It's a good Browns. thing okay. that they're not general managers <laughs> because that is absolutely ridiculous that you think we should not only that's like taking something off of the problem off of their hands and well, giving well, them not something. only that what exact what exactly would that say about the Browns as an organization? Listen, I want the Browns to be an organization that is not afraid to cut bait on an issue like a player that's substandard and they can do better. But what you got to ask yourself right now is if you say Baker Mayfield's not the guy who is that you can get right now. So you want to start the search again. Is that what you want? Because everybody celebrated when they drafted Baker Mayfield. Now, I wasn't one of those people y'all right, might remember. Um, and the podcast, ironically, not because of really, although it is what I threatened the week before the last episode. Um, I said, if they draft <laughs> Baker Mayfield, I'll never do another podcast again. Okay, so you could say, if you want to look at the end result, because after that, you never heard from me again for three years. It took Baker three three years to win me over, but I'm not that damn fickle, okay? You've won me over. I got a little faith here. Let's let you heal first, okay? <laughs> God damn. Right. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, going after Cam Newton might not be such a bad idea, but. Well, um, if it fits. No, if it. See, that's a contextual thing. I don't want to hear tomorrow without any resolution on what the situation is with Baker Mayfield that the Browns are pursuing. Actively pursuing possibly signing Cam Newton. Now, if on Tuesday, Wednesday, doctors come out and say we've done further evaluation, we talk with Baker, he's determined we're going to go ahead with the surgery and get him fixed. Okay, um, that's going to take him out for the year. Blah, 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 blah. I do believe that it is Baker's position that it's my non throwing shoulder. I'll get this surgery done in the off season. All right. And as long as the medical opinion doesn't say, no, you can't do that. Okay. As long as that's plausible and think about it, you get the swelling down. Okay. You add 
you're gonna have to you're gonna have to beef up whatever this is. That sleeve that he's been wearing clearly is not enough. Okay, not enough. Right. All right, but if you can get him some structural support, right, and he can manage the pain, it's not his throwing arm, and he should be able to tough it out, as it were. Now, having said that, if if based on pain management or any other thing, his toughing it out doesn't produce the level of play that is commensurate with him, okay? Then there's no reason not to play your backup and possibly search for another backup and let's get our starter healed. Let's have a little faith that he's going to be here longer than the last thing he could do for us. All right. right. Now let's what I treat do, him like a like a valuable asset and like a valuable asset. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Not look for trades while the man's injured and silly trades. Like Deshaun wants if shoot, yeah. if they were even thinking that we'd do that, it's straight up. To me, I it's insulting to hear the rumors and it's like, and a pick. Deshaun, no, please. No, well, no, and the pick, and the pick should come from them. Right. Because, first of all, if you get Deshaun Watson on your roster, now it's not clear to me that you could even play him. Right. Okay. You, you want to hear the five rumors? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, first, first of course, is Cam Newton. Uh, let me make sure that, that, that I said that right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. First is Cam Newton. Then Mitchell Trubisky. Uh I know, right? And then, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or Deshaun Watson or, or, or Kirk Cousins. I'm surprised you don't have, um, Kaepernick on there. I'm surprised too. Nobody's thinking about him. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because I'm going to tell you, uh, listen. This might not be the most popular opinion in the world, but it's not motivated by anything but the eye test in terms of football. I know that Colin Kaepernick hasn't had opportunities that have been based on him kneeling in the national anthem, but let's just be a little honest and look at the last few games of film that Colin Kaepernick put up as a quarterback in the NFL, and he was on his way to somebody's bench anyway. Right. Okay. Well, and uh, what I look at, I looked up his stats the other day, actually, and they're actually not bad. That's why I was actually um, telling somebody, I was like, if you look at his stats and the complaining people go, well, Kaepernick, the talent, he just wouldn't. If you look at his stats, he's got better stats than half of these quarterbacks they're giving chances to. Okay. Like, right. literally, he literally does this. Like, it's not actually an argument. He, like, actually does. Okay. But, like you were saying, he did not. Look, when he on his way out there, he didn't look like he was holding on to that same thing that he did when he went to the Super Bowl, though, either. Right. Okay. And so, listen, like, call it what you will, but a great and he's deal. 33 now. But a great deal of what was successful about Kaepernick is the same attitude and management because it's the same offensive coordinator. Okay. That's why Lamar Jackson's so successful in Baltimore. Okay, right. They're, they're, they're calling the same. They're calling the same suite of plays that they were calling for Kaepernick in San Francisco, right? When they went to the Super Bowl. Now, the other thing to consider with Kaepernick is he's thirty three. 
33 Mm -hmm. and yes, he has been to a Super Bowl, but on his way out, he basically looked like I'm not saying that Colin Kaepernick shouldn't be on the team being a backup based on his stats. Okay, here's my always been my argument for Kaepernick is not him being a starter. Okay, is that based on his stats, all these people like, well, you can't do it. If I'm looking at stats, half of the backups in the league don't have as good as stats as Kaepernick. That's like that's like literal truth. Okay. Let me tell you, a you can't erase that, that. That could happen. This could happen this year, depending on how the chips fall, guys. Imagine, if you will, though, that the team doctor advises the head coach, who then comes out and says, "We're shutting Baker down for the year. He's going to get the mm-hmm. surgery. We'll have him back next year." Trade deadline approaches. And you got 23-yard a game Odell Beckham Jr. on your damn roster. Who, by the way, didn't look good, and he couldn't blame Baker for that. Okay? No. Uh, All right? Just saying, but he, he didn't look good. He dropped that ball on his own because Case Keenum put him right between the numbers. Okay? Well, Just he's saying. playing with a shoulder, too. So I didn't say he wasn't, but I'm not making excuses for a superstar receiver. Can't do it. All right? Now. And the 49ers say to you, look, head up. You give me Odell, I give you Jimmy G. Shit. Okay, here, what I got to say to that is this. Mm-hmm. I do not disagree. Because my, 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 my logic on this is this right here. Right now, the way Odell is playing, and do I think Odell can play better and will, is, is worth the money? I actually do. Okay, you some of those passes he dropped, that's not Odell. Okay, and you can see the speed, but you can see he's not there. He he needed the offseason and he just couldn't have it. Okay, it's just something he couldn't have. We're we're behind on on Odell because Odell's injury. Now Odell's injured again. You got Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback who is certainly serviceable, arguably better than Case Keenum. Maybe right. not as good as Baker Mayfield, but runs a very similar offense. Right. So, so you're looking at this, right? And I'm like, do we really suffer much loss? Even we got Peoples Jones, and he looks pretty damn good. Okay, we got Rashad mm-hmm. Higgins, and he does pretty damn good when he's in there. We we got when we have Landry, pretty much who most of the receivers we can put on the other side of him do pretty damn good when he's in there. Okay. And so, we got, and it's not that is not me saying Odell's not better than those guys. He right. is okay, we got but the if he's a receiver, What's right? We got the rookie Schwartz is going to be Schwartz, coming up. Anthony Schwartz, right. there you go. Right now, Schwartz obviously needs some more time, but I I think there's definitely something there with him. Okay. Oh, he got so, that speed, man. Yeah. So where I'm getting at with that is that we definitely have plenty of options. We don't need to be restricted to the and and feel like we shouldn't try to do anything to get another receiver. Okay, but I would just say to you that if that were to happen, if we find out that Baker Mayfield's gone for the year, based on our record right now, and let's just say you pull that win out against the Steelers, so you're five and two, right? Right. Why wouldn't you make a move that keeps you relevant? Well, and the other part is, I don't know why 
And the rumors listen, for Deshaun. You bring, you bring Jimmy G in, he doesn't automatically become the starter. He's right. got to win that job. Either He's got to win that job. Either through attrition or at practice. Right. And well, uh, the, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of opportunity at practice, but now you got somebody who can come in if Case Keenum goes down, goes down, or is just playing straight awful, or is yeah, <laughs> or is knows? playing so god awful that the coach says, "Case, you got to sit your ass down, Jimmy, go in." Right now, the the other part of this that I I'm surprised I didn't see much of, okay, because there's a lot of like, oh, Baker for, um, Watson, right? Why not OG um Odell Beckham for Watson if there was gonna be a trade like that? You know, well, what I mean? the Texans Ooh, ain't gonna make that trade this year because you pick up an Odell Beckham Jr. because you got somebody that's throwing the ball that needs somebody to throw it to. That rookie quarterback they got, he ain't gonna get the ball to Odell Beckham any better than the Browns are right now. Yeah, well, they also not gonna use Deshaun Watson either, but but well, that, I mean, if they're not willing to trade Deshaun for something other than a quarterback, that also tells you that they ain't, they're not sold on that quarterback either. But, the rumors are the rookies. Rookies. No, they don't, they don't want to start the rookie. That was a guy they drafted thinking just Deshaun Watson was going to be available. <laughs> they're, they're talking about, I mean, they're saying that Miami and Watson might be a done deal this week. Anybody who signs Deshaun Watson this season and thinks they're going to play him. They're doing drugs because the league hasn't had to weigh in on his situation because nobody's trying to play him. Right. You let him get, you let him get traded to a team who tries to bring him to the active roster. Now the league has to say something about these sexual harassment losses. Right. Right. Anyway, well, that's all I'm saying. I don't want Deshaun Watson on the Browns, even if. No, I don't think he should be. Yeah, no, I don't. That pretty much said all I'm going to say. Browns going to win against Pittsburgh. Guaranteed. Like I said, I I'm, I want to see the game. If we beat Pittsburgh, I'll be a lot more confident in what we're going to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, my only point is I understand Case Keenum played great, not to take anything away, but everybody who's riding high cloud nine on it. It was a 90 quarterback rating. Okay. We always put so much stock in quarterback ratings. Okay. (laughs) But until it don't mean what we want it to mean, it was a 90 quarterback rating. He played good enough to win the game. That's literally what he did. Okay. That does not put us in some better position than we were with Baker. Okay. He showed great effort getting that first down, though. I was impressed. I said, damn, Keenum, damn. Let me just say this. Yeah, but he played good enough to win the game, though. That's still what needs to be remembered. He didn't. There was no crazy-ass numbers in that game for Case Keenum. He played good enough to win it. He played barely better than Baker's worst game this year. Barely better than Baker's worst game this year he played. Baker's worst game was, what, an 88 quarterback rating? He had a 90.3. Yeah. Well, so when you're thing. putting things in perspective, that you gotta understand what Case yeah. Keenum, what he did, is something that you could take forward and win with. If, and the if is this: defense has to play good. The defense has to play good because then all yep. Case Keenum needs to be is Trent Dilfer for the Ravens. Yep. But if you the can't, defense doesn't I, that's play, basically what if I was the defense, getting. if the defensive backfield does not raise its level of play either due to getting people back healthy or just raising this level of play. 
that's not going to be a possibility. You got to put up more than 17 points offensively against some of these teams. See, that's what I'm saying. That's the kind of the point I was getting at. Because even with an 88 quarterback rating, Baker probably would have put up more points than that. You know what I mean? Moving the offense. Okay. So here's here's my here's my point the off the defense has to be on point the rest of the season for us to win with quarterback play like that that not saying case and keenum did bad case keenum did bad okay yeah that's but they just need to be a that's ball what hawking, we're gonna get they need to yeah. be a ball hawking quarterback sacking fumble recovering fucking swirling dervish okay yeah. and and i'm not saying they're not capable of it but remember, coming into the season, how on paper the Browns had the best defense that would ever take the field in an NFL uniform. Right. I mean, it kind of looked and, like that. Um, right. I, now, mean, I ain't seen that good. defense. I haven't seen that defense on the field. Right. We've Except had maybe one game defense. against the Bears. Like I said, we've had a good defense this year. Okay. It has not been amazing. Like if I tell you, actually, I usually go through these stats and I didn't tell you because we didn't actually look at our next opponent like we usually do. Our defense is ranked 12th mm-hmm. now. Now, remember, we have gone down from this. Remember, we were fifth in defense at one point. We went to six and now we're 12. OK, you know why we didn't look at our next opponent, right? Because they're ugly. Yeah, they're too ugly. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Steelers. Now, we are still number one in the rush, and we are still the second best offense in the league. Okay. Okay. I I mean, we're still up there on offense. We're an offensive team. We actually have moved up in the past. We're the 13th in the past now, Ooh. surprisingly. We have moved up quite a bit. Um, oh, that's it. We moved up under Casey. But Keenan remember, we're also looking... You know what? I'm looking at these stats and I'm forgetting the fact that right now we're ahead a game on all the rest of the league. So these stats are jaded. Mm -hmm. But but, we're second in offense. Yeah, man. For four days, we led the league with Case Keenum at quarterback. Baker Mayfield's history, man. Yeah, that's why the offense is rated so high right here, right now. I I actually had to remember that. And I'm like, these these people in Cleveland wonder why it's hard to build a winner in Cleveland. And it's like, Dude, well, show a little doggone consistency and faith. Yeah. You know? Well, look, even the defense, like if we're ranked 12th now, what is it going to be after these other teams play games here? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Go Browns. Well, no, I've done. Actually, it sounds like I'm being underconfident. I'm actually still confident. Better, actually. The yeah. defensive numbers no, should no, get Jeff, better. No, no, Jeff, you're making perfect sense. I, I mean, I'm, it. You're making perfect sense. I mean, I, I get you. I'm actually still confident. I think we're going to win next week. I really do. I really but, do. Too. But people's people are being way like I I don't want it to be like Browns fans are like saying, well, that Case Keenum, he should. If you think in Case Keenum should be the starter over Baker at this point, even from that last game, you, you're really yeah, you're not, not paying that, attention. That's that loser mentality. That, that's the, that's the guy right that watched there. the team go 0 and 16. That's mm-hmm. all that is. It's just not, you're just not paying attention. The numbers don't even slightly show that. Okay. Well, and right, people here, love here. stats until it doesn't show what they want. Here's it my to. concern. Stats and there's say no, that's not the case. Here's my concern. And there's no way to know. Okay. We definitely just have to watch the next couple weeks unfold. But at the beginning of this year, and even despite the opening day loss against the Chiefs, 
I had absolutely no doubt in my mind that the Browns are going to be making a return appearance in the playoffs. Right. Right. I'm not so sure about that now. I'm not sure about that now. Yeah. Okay. I now, still want to say now after a couple weeks of play, I could be more sure or not sure. In other words, after a couple more weeks of play, I might tell you, no, they're definitely not going to be there, guys. Um, or, well, or I might still be in the same place I am because what if they split the next two games, right? What right. if they beat the Steelers at home and then they go to Cincinnati and lose to the Bengals? Are you going to be any more sure no, than you are no. now? No, you won't. And the no. other the other point to look at with it as well, and what this will show about our Browns team now, okay, is the wins we have got up to this point and the close games, even the one that we we feel we lost because of, you know, officiating, right? We were in those games and playing those games off of really our sheer talent of being a a really talented football team. Okay. Not because of the grind of this team. Okay. Right. The only person that honestly watching the only guys I can say you, we can say that about on this team that have like over grind and you can see the grind of this team is miles Garrett. Or you could say maybe the defensive line and the running team running game. Okay. Those two aspects of the team, the rest of it, there hasn't been that grind to it where they're grinding it out and it feels like they're, even if they're not good enough, oh, you're going to get everything from them. Yeah, okay? because it doesn't matter whether it you feel like the quarterback lets you down on that play or one of the receivers in the passing game. There's always something interrupting even getting the flow, let alone the grind. Right. Same thing with the secondary. Yes. Okay, so we got two aspects of the team that we haven't seen those parts of the team like, even if they're not as good enough, right? Even you've been in a game that's like, man, you got everything from And them. it's both sides no. of the ball. Yeah, and it's both sides of the ball, same thing, passing game. There's just not right. a lot. There's not a lot you can do other than just say, hey, I'm not sure now. Now, again, I think as a Browns fan, win or lose on this one, what you do find out more about is, the leadership of your Browns team. I'm not talking about player leadership. I'm talking about coaches. I'm talking about the decisions, the personnel people have made, who you have on the roster, who they go to get and sign off of somebody's practice squad. How are we filling these slots? And by the way, genius, Andrew Barry, last year going into playoff game against the Steelers, they needed a guy who could get to the Browns Without flying in. You know why? Because yeah. when they flow in, then they'd have to go through a whole three-day isolation from the team before you could get them in. If that guy right. could drive to you in less than six hours, was not necessary. And that's right. how Hans got on the team. Okay? And he played respectably in those two games in the playoffs. Uh-huh. And... Furthermore, he's now part of the 53-man roster, and he was there and available to us to come in and play admirably on the offensive line. Okay? And this is the kind of stuff where Andrew Barry kind of really figures into what's going on now, even though he's never even on the sideline during a game. Right. Here's where him and Kevin Stefanski being on the same page, Stefanski getting those guys that are down the roster that he wants, that guy that can come in and do something. But anyway, 
let's stop talking about it and let's start waiting to see it. And that's going to be well from this point on now an eight day wait. Okay. Eight days yeah, from today. Rest. Yeah. We get a long rest. So Jarvis Jarvis was saying, you know, cause he got dinged in the game again. They said, well, how long is that going to have you out? And he said, 10 days. Ten days. Cause that's the amount of time we got off. I will be back. Um, is what he said. And Jarvis Landry, now that's the spirit and the heart and soul of this team. If you want to understand competitive spirit and, and, uh, you know, player leaders. He's the one that I think will get the pass game right on the offensive side. Exactly that's right. He's what we've been missing. Listen, I, I'm not m- casting any illusions on Odell Beckham Jr. Listen, Jarvis is who he is, and he appears from a chemistry disposition in every other standpoint to be a great fit with the Browns and just goes to show you a receiving duo that won the national championship when they were in college playing together in the NFL doesn't necessarily translate the same way. Right. And and, you know, I'm I'm still on the fence with it because they just haven't been on the field enough at the same time. I I totally understand it. And it's like Odell's got so much potential. Let me tell you something. When Odell Beckham Jr. is on his game, then there's, you know, he could be the catalyst that gets you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's the level and caliber of player he is. The fact that we haven't seen that with him in a Browns uniform just flashes, right? No, you can't even point to one game where he just took over the game. You just got plays. I remember the end of round against the Cowboys for a touchdown. that Dallas game was good. Yeah, I just said the end of round. Yeah, but if that's, okay, on the level of Odell Beckham Jr. games where he dominated a game, that Dallas game doesn't make the top 10. Okay. But just those, all those other games were with the Giants, so you don't have them as a Browns fan to look at. Right. All right. It doesn't, that, doesn't that mean they don't exist. The problem. Mean, that's the problem. I tell you what, the one thing that's not lacking is his heart and wanting to play and do for the team. Oh, listen, that's why that. I say I'm not casting any personal aspersion on him, but you know what? Sometimes the shit don't work no matter what you want. Right. Well, right yeah. now, w- w- like what I was seeing from the last game and his frustration, like even when he dropped the passes right now, it seems like his body ain't caught up with what he wants to do. Right. His brain is doing okay. things his body can't come through with. He can't. Yeah. In other words, here you got a guy that had the physical ability he had before the ACL. All right. Now, I'm not saying that Odell Beckham can't rehab to the point where he's back at that point. I actually think he will. Why? Okay, well, let's just say, yeah. yeah, I'm telling you he's not there now. No, I don't think okay. he's there yet. Well, and no, that's it's exactly what he's I was not saying. Because yeah. he doesn't get open like he used to. And when he does, and listen, when he does, based on past performance, his quarterback doesn't necessarily say to himself, there's Odell, throw that ball. If that's Jarvis Landry, as open as I've seen Odell a couple times, the ball's going there. Okay. Right. Right. And I can't tell you what goes through a quarterback's mind when he sees his open receivers and when he doesn't, but I can tell you this, just any number of times on dropbacks by Baker Mayfield this year, I've seen Baker Mayfield choose another guy when Odell was clearly and obviously open and Baker Mayfield clearly and obviously saw it. 
Okay. okay. And the other thing I want to point out even with that, okay, is I'm glad Baker's not trying to oh. overforce it to him, okay? Right. And if you you looked at not last season, but the season before that, we had the issue. We had that one end zone uh, scenario where Baker was like, I'm not Baker. Odell was saying to Baker, just put it up, man. Let me use my physical ability to get it. I'm going to go get the ball. You know what I mean? That's not the Odell we got right now. That's all you need to say. That's what we don't have right now. Well, he can't I, say, I, I, hey, I'm going to go up and get the ball. Well, the point I'm making is, is even if Odell said that to his quarterback, I don't think his quarterback believes him right now. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Based on what have you done for me lately, I don't think, and I think Odell's got to build that trust. So Odell has to be consistently getting open. And then when they go to him, he's got to catch it. Yeah. Okay. We can't, Odell can't get the dropsies and survive this. He's going to make this go quicker than we all want it to. And he'll be gone by trading deadline this year. If it keeps going on, if we see how many, how many games has Odell had this year where his total sounds like it was for this last week, two catches for 23 yards. I mean, he's becoming 23 yard guy. Okay. And that's that's not a receiver that you can have taking the kind of cap hit space you're taking for Odell Beckham Jr. for long. And he's not, I mean, listen, he's he's more valuable to himself now if he was in rehab. Because at least then it's still all potential and you can look at past film. I got to look at last week's performance and it's very unimpressive. And I'm not saying it's his fault, but I'm saying if you were saying to yourself it was Baker Mayfield's fault, well, Baker Mayfield didn't play that game last week, so it couldn't have been his fault. All right? No, it couldn't have been his fault. You know what they say? You ever heard the guy talking to you about the problems he's having with his woman? And then he tells you, but the same thing happened with the last woman I was with, too, and the one before that. And that's when you asked the guy, said, you you ever think it might be you? <laughs> well, well, yeah, you know, I like I get that, but um, he just like sometimes it looks like he's got the speed and everything because sometimes he's out there and he he, he looks right. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, and then other times it you know it what's just looks like he's behind what he wants. What's to unfortunate do. for me, and I don't want to sound like an Odell detractor, so this is actually the last thing I'm going to say. He looks really good to me when I see him practicing. <laughs> that's all i'm saying you know before the games odell will be out there making cuts and going fast and you're like all right this is the game man this is it and it don't happen yeah i am still waiting for that game because i want to root for odell beckham jr i want to be proud to have him and i want i want that guy that can go up and get that 50 50 ball with a one-headed catch and win the game yeah i'm still waiting on him i'm still waiting and I'm not saying, like I said, circumstantially, the way things have happened, you can't blame Odell, but at some point you can understand that for whatever the reason, this ain't going to work. And if yeah. you want to get any value out of this remaining, any remaining value in this situation, all we could do is trade him. Yeah. And now, uh, what I do think is I don't think we're going to trade him unless it makes it really good uh, sense. Like I said, if that scenario that I brought up were, were to come up, Baker Mayfield's out for the year. Uh, 49ers say, you know, we really need a receiver to, to book in the guy we got. And we're ready to move forward with Trey Lance. 
And so Jimmy G becomes expendable. And it would make sense to head up trade Jimmy G, you know, based on the Browns need at the time for Odell Beckham. We we lose that cap hit. It's now freed up more money. Baker's actually a lot more likely to get signed because you don't have dead cap space. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Gentlemen, I think that we are, I don't know. I think we're going to win this game. Well, That's all I can say. And, and having said that, let's do this. Let's get the heck on out of Dodge because if there's anything else to say, we damn sure want to be us saying it after the Browns have destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers in Cleveland, Ohio. Destroyed, yes, that's it. Miles Garrett will personally introduce himself or reintroduce himself to Ben Roethlisberger a few times. I think at least six. That's customary, right? Right, exactly. That's it. Right. On the sixth hello, you may enter. On the sixth. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, baby. TBF, a Browns fans podcast. When we talk to you next, we will be talking about that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Cleveland. First divisional game of the year. Browns at four and two, potentially playing their backup quarterback, Case Keenum, depending on the disposition of young Baker Mayfield, the much maligned yet talented quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Anyway, Meantime, in between time, till it's that time, what time's that time to talk to you about the Browns win over the Steelers? This is Paul, Jeff, and Hugh for TBF, a Browns fans podcast saying, we're out. This has been a Basement Tapes production. Yeah.